Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Well, firstly, may I say, it is fantastic to be back and working after two weeks paternity because we adopted a little baby girl and uh, we've had a great couple of weeks and you know if it was up to me I'd have more time off but you know everyone's got to do a job and stuff like that so it's great to be back though covering Formula One but thank you for all the lovely messages that uh, you sent on social media uh, in uh, in my absence Bryn did a far better job than I could ever dream of doing on this podcast so I was learning from the best but thank you Bryn for covering and thank you for everyone's uh, wonderful messages right let's get into it with our guest tonight on uh, the Singapore Grand Prix Practice Analysis with editor of Autosport.com, Hayden Cobb. How are you doing? Hey, I'm very good and, and welcome back as well. It's it's, it's lovely to, to see you back and, and, and still alive and still smiling, still awake. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Only just smiling. Um, there's Brilliant. been plenty of poor clocks that we've been dealing with, but it's, uh, uh, that's uh, comes to the territory. That's okay, though. I don't mind. Uh, let's get into it then. Let's get into it and talk about what happened today. In fact, no, let's start with what happened earlier this week, because if we don't address the Helmet Marco stuff, there'll be five tinfoil hatters out there that think we're in Red Bull's pocket and it's a different five people that whenever we say, you know, well done Mercedes think that we're in Red Mercedes pocket. But if I don't mention it, there'll be some people that think, oh, we're brushing it under the carpet. So I'm not the best person to comment on issues of race and racism. I'm a middle-class white boy from Norwich. I'm hardly qualified uh, to talk about this subject, but let's talk about what happened with Helmut Marco talking about Sergio Perez he says, we know that he has problems in qualifying. He has fluctuations in form. He is South American and he is not as completely focused in his head as Max and Sebastian. Implying that unless you're Dutch or German, you are somehow at uh, a deficit, mental deficit, because you're from South America. Well, maybe he doesn't know that his his driver there is actually from Mexico, but that's in North America, of course. Helmet. The FIA have now written to him to remind him of his position in the sport, to remind him of the FIA's code of ethics, Red Bull. Christian Horner spoke to Sky and said, not acceptable comments, uh, he's not an employee of the company, which is a line that I've seen trotted out a lot. That's true, but he is one of two directors of Red Bull, the other being Christian Horner. So he's not an employee, but he's one of the two directors. And, and you know, company directors have responsibility, normally fiduciary and uh, and compliance-wise and things. But uh, it's a horrible situation. If we didn't address it, I'd be criticised, and I don't really want to spend much longer than that on it. If you have thoughts, share them with us, um, and we'd love to see them. 
Uh, but there are people who are far better qualified than I to make an informed comment on the matter. Let's move on and talk about motor racing. And I tell you what, there's some interesting results today going on. Now, let's talk about Ferrari's pace or rather Red Bull's lack of balance because we saw Ferrari doing a clean sweep. FP1 is not where we normally see the fast times, Hayden, but just run us through anything of interest that we can talk about from the first of we saw the cars in uh, Singapore today. Lizards, which is definitely not the word you would have expected me to say. But yeah, no, to be honest, it all went to plan in, in first practice. Uh, the only yellow flags caused by some uh, very brave lizards or monitor lizards um, that decided to uh, invade the track at certain points. Uh, to the point where I am reliably informed it wasn't captured on TV, probably for the good reason that one of them didn't get away with it uh, and was unfortunately oh picked up by one of the F1 cars and is no more. Oh Rest in peace, Larry the Lizard or whatever his or her name may have been. But oh yes, um, it all actually went to plan. Everyone was bedding into it. Obviously, the, the circuit itself sat a slightly different layout to what we're familiar with. Um, we've lost the four 90 degrees corners that ends... Uh, or towards the end of the lap, uh, that's because there's construction work going on within the city that meant they've just basically had to straight line what what used to be that corner complex. Um, and and in theory, as as we've sort of wrote, written, and spoken about in the build up to this, it should help. Uh, well, not Red Bull is is probably the best way to put it. Um, that isn't to say that's the reason they've struggled today, as we'll get onto in a bit. But it certainly has sort of helped, and it seems like. Early days, of course. Seems like the driver actually quite like this revised layout. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, for, for everyone, everyone went to plan. No major issues for anyone. Uh, everyone getting to know the track again. Obviously, it's been 12 months. The track's ramping up with uh, rubbers. It's obviously a street circuit, so it, it improves and evolves very, very quickly. But, yes, all good in free practice one. As we get into FP2, where the times begin to uh, get set... Let's have a look at how everyone did. Now, everyone did a pretty representative set of either 23 to 27 laps. And Ferrari, once again, doing the clean sweep in FP2. Carlos Sainz pipping teammate Charles Leclerc. It's a Ferrari 1-2. George Russell in third. George Russell saying he believes they were even turned down. I think everyone's turned down in free practice, surely. But he said, look, when the Ferraris turn the engine modes up, they're going to be even quicker and we have to try and catch them. Alonso in fourth. And then the second Mercedes of Hamilton in Fifth, Lalo Norris and McLaren should be happy in sixth. And then the two Red Bulls, seventh and eighth. Uh, Let's first talk about who did well. What have Ferrari said about why they're top of the timesheets? They have, as is probably a classic way with Dodo, I want to say or speak too kindly yet of themselves, but they have kept it relatively close to their chest in terms of they they have sort of surprised themselves a little bit in terms of where they are in the, in the timesheets. Uh, yeah, being like that, a couple of tenths quicker than everyone else, and signs and clock being level pegging pretty much um, across both sessions is, is yeah they 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 expected to do well and and they're obviously their their recent upgrades and just unlocking more performance, understanding their car a lot better over the recent uh, races has certainly helped with that, but. Yeah, but to the point where they surprised themselves, to be honest, um, in terms of pace, in terms of everything. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can can maintain it. As Russell's comments about them still having their engines turned down, I, I was 
uh, as just a pure unlocker, quite surprised about. I would have thought if anything it would be the other way, other way around that they may suspect Ferrari had their engine turned up because that might explain the couple of tenths of a second gap that they have they've sudden suddenly found. But no, but we'll see. It all shakes out come qualifying. But it does seem the overriding belief from within the paddock and from the data is that yeah Ferrari uh, are going to be strong contenders for pole. Obviously their their weakness is the the tire degradation that has been the case all year. So they may say struggle a little bit more in the race trim but for qualifying it looks it looks very very encouraging for the red team and then what about the not south american sergio perez in seventh and max verstappen in eighth what have they said about their finishing positions at the end of fp2 lots of work i imagine on setup to do between now and quickly hugely yeah very unread ball like day day for them they almost from the off just just it never quite clicked for for either driver both suffering with the same sort of rear end sliding and slight unpredictable nature of of the car it seems like yeah through their simulators and their pre pre race uh, sorry pre race weekend setup uh, picks it just hasn't hasn't quite clicked and it it is very much a case of yeah the rears sliding out the they're having a bit of oversteer and just coming through the corners, they just can't seem to have the car planted, which is is very un un RB nineteen. Um, of course, there's there is time on on their side in terms of the overnight uh, sim work back at base. Uh, we know that they've got an incredible sort of strength within that, and there's there's no reason to say they couldn't just find the the, the solution to to that issue, and then they're back to where we've seen them all season they find that couple of tenths over the over the lap and yeah they're <laughs> they're back where we all, all anticipate but um no both both Perez and Verstappen very open honest about the issues and sort of no sugarcoating it or saying yeah this is this is just <laughs> something we're trying no they, they are generally struggling it seems today the gap was seven tenths why was Max Verstappen talking so much about balance do you think after today's session it seems like the characteristics of these cars, as we know, is, is this is across all teams as well, is is finding balance within the car, front to rear, is vital to un, uh, sort of extracting lap time. It's been Mercedes' sort of biggest problem. Obviously, they've had porpoising and bouncing, but it seems like even when they've got on top of that, that's why they've had to change concept or, or change that so many things, is they just cannot find this reliable and stable platform. And, and perhaps that is something that maybe on this circuit, in this situation, on, 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 on the Friday, Rebel are also dealing with, which, again, I think I think they would probably have been familiar with, and, and it's probably not the first time they've had it. They've just been able to extract enough performance where it's not really been questioned. So that that would be purely down to it. And I, and I think if, as I said earlier, like if they do unlock that, that better balance, which you would expect over going through the data, going through the sim, trying a few things in, in free practice three tomorrow... They'll get, get on top of it, and they should, in theory, then rock it up, rock it up the timesheet. But we'll see. Can can they do it? That that'll be the big question. Of course, you are editor of Autosport.com. Our fantastic colleague Jake Boxall legs written a brilliant analysis piece of for Friday, where uh, he begins with the phrase that the records that Max Verstappen's been setting this weekend will either be extended or ended. And I thought it was a great phrase because it's well, it's true. He'll either carry on or somebody else will win. What do you think the prospect is of having a proper battle this weekend? Yeah, I, I, I generally think, <laughs> obviously, we're relying on what on what Jake's just just produced, and um, he's the one that's been digging in into the data, so has has seen the numbers. But reading the piece, seeing seeing the data, seeing the the Friday practice unfold with with my own eyes too, 
it seems like in relative terms, this is probably, and I, I, we could probably be sort of eating our own words come Sunday night, but this is probably the most open race weekend we've gone into all season. Not just say, for example, in Monza last time out, it was Ferrari versus Red Bull and give us as much as they wanted. Ferrari gave it a great go. They signed a particular defender with all his might. We've talked about it a lot, obviously, after that, but just could not keep the the power and the, and the performance of the Red Bulls uh, behind him. This time around, it seems like, yes, you've got Ferrari in, in a sort of similar sort of position at the moment where they, they should be strong in qualifying and they may struggle more in the race. But it seems like Mercedes should be in the mix. It seems like with Alonso, Aston Martin should be in the mix. Jake, in, in his piece, hasn't picked out McLaren so much so. Norris is the only one running their uh, upgrades, which are specifically aimed to cure their weaknesses on tracks that have Singapore track characteristics. So it might be early early days for them Let's on that. Let's let's see. So perhaps put them to one side for, for now. But yeah, you, you look at the Ferraris, you look at the Mercedes, you look at obviously the Red Bulls and Alonso at the Aston Martin. That's, that's, set, that's seven cars who... On Friday practice alone, it's a big, big pinch of salt. You could say they're in, they're in the fight, and that's very exciting. I think maybe just because we've just had a, a drought of that scenario for for a while, but yeah, we'll we'll wait to see how things unfold. Lots of factors need to come into play, as we said. Like Red Bull, uh, to, for that scenario to play out, we we sort of need Red Bull not to fix their issue. Uh, we sort of need Ferrari's engine modes to be correct as predicted and we sort of need the Mercedes and the Alonso of Aston Martin to, to sort of reduce the gap a little bit to Ferrari and and then just see how it how it plays out in qualifying but um I, I'm I'm sort of excited for it I think I think there could be a good one on this this weekend yeah keep an eye on Lando Norris tomorrow because whenever they put on a lot of stuff on a car the rate of improvement as they begin to understand the package can sometimes be a little bit steeper uh, there's new aero bits around the halo rear wing end plate geometries also new floor edge fences different diffuser shape but of course the most eye-catching is the side pods described as having the water slide channel which is basically the the sculpted deep valley in the in the side pod and uh that is again going to be understood more as they just put more laps on that car and get more data and work out what they need to do with setups. So that's going to be fascinating to watch. What else this week uh, can you draw our attention to, or maybe today, last couple of days on autosport.com that you think it's worth our listeners having a look at? Yes, so there's plenty of talking points off the track, uh, as there always tends to be uh, in Formula 1 this time of year. No, it wasn't the cost cap and any penalties that we had this time last year. Uh, everyone has has cleared, hmm. got their name clear, got their all safe uh, for the 2022 reports. No, no extra catering bills at Red Bull this time. Um, but instead, it's the focus back on Andretti and that 11th F1 team that seems to be not going away it seems like the FAA are in the process of of approving the potential entry but then it's up to yeah, F1 and, and the teams in terms of agreeing of the terms of them potentially joining joining the grids but it it doesn't go away and, and they're still keen and it seems like the FAA are, are, are equally keen to to get them on on the grid so we'll see how that one bubbles away and and, and whether the teams play ball uh, and then, I guess, curiously, we also have the, as has, I think, been mentioned on earlier podcasts, the, the Felipe Massa 2008 oh. F1 uh, 
uh, title saga with his his lawyers getting involved and uh, wanting, uh, well, I guess, repayment and for loss for for loss of earnings uh, to use the legal speak um, for his title defeat uh, regarding Crashgate at Singapore. So it's it's a nice timely timely race for that to come up uh mostly it's got interesting is is his total wolf who is he is very very clever with the media and he knows what to say and in particular in the press conference today he said that mercedes is keeping a keen eye on this matter trial because although it seems a long way away that massa is going to say win this case and perhaps get what he wants in terms of the titles it, it, that in particular seems of a lot lot further away than the, than anything else but if he has any successes, Mercedes will certainly be asking an idea about, well, if it was okay for 2008, what about a certain Abu Dhabi 2021, yeah. um, which which everyone can say, we, we all knew what was wrong. We all knew what rules weren't followed. So surely we, the similar we, yeah. sort of things apply. We'll see on that one. I I, I this is just my opinion. I'm I don't think Massa is is, is going to get very far with this legal claim. It it seems there's not sort of strong enough evidence, and it's going on an interview that Eccleston gave that he's now sort of saying he didn't sort of give or did, didn't imply. And and sadly, the other sort of three or four key key uh, witnesses, I guess you could say, in this trial uh, have passed away. Uh, one being Charlie Whiting. So yeah, it's it's going to be a hard one, but. It certainly keeps us keeps us busy. Even if Singapore Grand Prix doesn't turn into the exciting race that we've just built it up to be, there's still plenty going on off the track to keep us uh, mildly entertained. Let's say maybe Massa can then sue the Ferrari traffic light system for letting him go with the fuel hose still <laughs> attached. That poor little traffic light system. What did it do? Ray made one little mistake. That poor little traffic light, and now it's being dragged back into court all these years. Later, I say free the traffic light one. Uh, but in all seriousness, like, where does it end? Where does it stop? Where does it end? But also, interestingly, I, 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 excuse me if it has been mentioned, but there's no speak of like Ferrari. They, they would be quite keen to to get a driver's title. Granted, they won the previous year, which was Kimi Räikkönen in 2007. But if they if he somehow did win it, he he then become their most recent world drivers champion. So absolutely. Anyway, that, that's I mean that's a long way off, but it would be that would be something. I'm not sure the sport needs it, even if Felipe needs it for whatever reason. Closure, something, something, I don't know, but not sure the sport needs it. Anyway, there's your, there's your podcast for today. It's great to be back, by the way, and talking about Formula 1. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the Autosport podcast enough to recommend us to friends, family, colleagues, people you know that love Formula 1 as well. We'd love to spread the word about the podcast and say, hey, I listened to this. You might like it as well. That'd be doing us a real favour, and we really appreciate your support and you listening as well. Thank you so much. Qualifying is 9pm in the evening for our colleagues. 2pm. Uh, here in the UK, but we don't have listeners all over the world, so your mileage may vary, as they say. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.